flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsors at Manscaped, you can trim those holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers, y'all. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for the Thomas Island audience. If you use our code, TAMA, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They're here to make sure your balls are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. Manscaped has all the tools to get you spring ready. Have you heard about the Weed Whacker? It's a nose and ear hair trimmer that provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. There's no more gross nose hairs flying off into the wind. Plus, the premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor and a 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Manscaped is making it easier than ever to whack your weeds and also to make sure that you have the most confidence while also providing hygiene. Speaking of incredible hygiene, Manscaped has formulations to keep you fresh and ready for everything that comes your way all day. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is crucial for your ball to stop sticking to your leg. I use it. It's great, especially as the summertime gets swampier. If you go to manscaped.com right now and use the code TAMA, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. That's right. Use the code T-A-M-A for free shipping and 20% off at manscaped.com. Manscaped. Shave your balls. Thank you very much for joining us here on Thomas Island. We're back at it again. Ross, man, good brother Ross Berman here with us, co-host, and we are going to have a nice discussion here today mm-hmm. about the elite era. Just to kind of tie, you know, keep moving down the timeline here of Bullet Club history, uh, Tamatonga history, every anything that has to do with with uh, wrestling and Bullet mm-hmm. Club and Tamatonga. This is all part of it right now. So, guys, Ross. Yep. You go with that. We go with the phenomenal. Well, well, we did the phenomenal Ooh. era. You're good with the elite era. I'm very good with the elite era. I'm. I've been kind of champing at the bit for this one because in our conversations, I, I always get the vibe this era lit a bit of a fire under you. Not that there wasn't already a fire there, but I like just the way you talk about about how the elite came in. We'll get mm-hmm. to that as this this goes in. But you've always dropped these little nuggets where it sounds like this is. This is where you decided to to take over. This is where oh, you decided that that if you if Bullet Club is going to be your thing, it's going to be your thing. So I, I want to start with word association, like we do when we we got to do one of these big eras. What what comes to mind when you think of the elite era? What's like the first word that pops into your mind? Uh, oh shoot, I, I I got a word, but I'm I'm trying to. That's okay. Talk, comes, talk your way to right. it. Yeah, okay. I, see that the elite era really, uh, I, I would say the the birth of, of me trying to figure out what it is truly. Ah, hold on, hold on. Let me let me back this okay. up. Yep. Oh, man. Damn. Okay. We we dive in right into that. I like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Deep end, baby. Cannonball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, when I think the elite era, the obvious is what I've been showing up. It, it was a time of uh, of defining who I was, defining mm-hmm. what Bullet Club really meant. And um, man, 
the, I want to say this, but I want to say it right. I say the birth of me. Ooh, I like that. The birth of you, the birth of, of, of this Tama that I'm talking to right now. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like, now let's, let's, uh, let's start at the beginning of the elite kind of <clears throat> taking over New Japan. Cause we've, we've talked about them coming in when we talked about phenomenal yeah. era, how, how Kenny and, uh, the Bucks, they they were they were making big waves in America. Kenny had obviously been very uh, good to to the country of Japan and New Japan itself, and so they oh, yeah. they brought him in. But uh, up until about 2016, Bullet Club had a very specific uh, how do I put this? It had a hierarchy. When yeah. Prince Devitt was in charge, mm-hmm. Devitt would always go to Carl Anderson as his like consigliere, as his right hand, uh-huh. as his. Mm-hmm. his tactician and then when AJ Styles took over it was the same Styles was kind of going to to Anderson Anderson was still following right. that role even though Bullet Club has always been somewhat leaderless during the phenomenal era yeah. Anderson was always the chief of staff always the consigliere mm-hmm. right. now that now that AJ Styles and Anderson are leaving are you expecting to take over that role being the you and Fale are the the the, the two founding members left Yes, Kenny Omega is, and and the and the Bucks are the ones that sort of kick AJ Styles out in the ring. Mm-hmm. But backstage, as as these the sea change is happening, are you expecting to kind of to become the consigliere to to Omega as he's taking over the Bullet Club? Ooh, 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 ooh! And this is this is the honest truth here. I didn't yep. know. Okay, I didn't know because. I wasn't really sure if I was re-signing with them. Okay. Yeah. Moment, you, that, you've talked about moment. this. Yeah. And it, Impact had shown an interest. WWE had shown a lot of interest, yeah. but then New Japan promises to bring in Tongaloa and that yeah. you, you finally get under a firm contract. Yeah. So now you're more, you're more dealing with the, the change in contract status than the change in Bullet Club is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let me – I'm trying to think back here. Okay. Now – now, at the time when they kicked out AJ and they put, uh, I remember this, July, f- I mean, uh, January 5th, 2016. It was a day after uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Yep. And we could see what was happening after the match. Kenny and the Bucks jumped AJ and also Carl Anderson when, and Gallows was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Polly and I weren't in it. So, but we could see from backstage who's going to be that front man mm-hmm. and and i didn't think i didn't think anything at that at that time i didn't know what was i didn't know what my role was going to be i didn't know there were so many changes happening i was thinking about <laughs> leaving with with, with gallows mm-hmm. and them and so i didn't really know until the contract was settled was signed okay. new japan that's when I really took in and started to uh, put myself in that role of Carl Anderson. Gotcha. And so that's that's when you start really taking an active, because Bullet Club, you always have an active role in Bullet Club, but now you're you're having an active. You're, you're taking a more active approach to everything. Now that you have a little bit of the contract safety, you can start to focus on yourself because you don't you don't have to worry about whether or not. New Japan is going to bring you back the next tour. Yes, it was it was yeah. always kind of assured, but now it's mm-hmm. now it's ironclad. Now it's in writing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What 
where was your so since you're you're trying to figure yourself out who who did you see yourself as at that time who did you like start to who did you start to think you you could become now that you had this this freedom i see before that i was always team playing mm-hmm. um always trying to figure out what was best for the team always trying to uh have the guys a take pictures videos anything to promote ourselves on social media so gotcha. i always looked at my myself as a guy like could go around and, and fill roles to push the the product forward mm-hmm. which was bullet club and so i didn't really think that that didn't change to me so i was just okay. gonna amp that position up that that uh which uh, to me I, it wasn't no position i didn't really understand carl anderson's role until later later when okay. i realized um what i, I realized that what things were happening um, the elite coming uh, forward and and really uh, making their presence known. I tried to, there was a split inside mm. the group, you know, why this, why that, you know. So I was trying to be, you know, Carl Anderson always was trying to mediate, always keep yep. things calm. So I was trying to be that at the very, at the beginning, you know, trying okay. to, I don't know if any of this makes sense right now. I feel like no, it's a it, place. It does, and it well. And I, I, that's why I kind of want to go deeper on when did you start to feel that there was like a there was this split between the elite and Bullet Club because it's it it feels like as as the elite branding bro- grows, the yeah. Bullet Club branding is starting to become like a parenthesis. And how what what was kind of the point where you started to realize that that was going to be an issue or that was or that it was even happening? The the times that Kenny would have his matches, he would only take the bucks. Okay. And, and so I, I saw that, but it was always, we were all, we would all go as a group. I was we going to say, when AJ forward. Styles was defending the title, it's yeah. literally, he had an army behind him. You, yeah. you had flags, you had, right. uh, you had everything short of a, of a drummer, which maybe you right. should have at some point. Um, <laughs> and so, so now it's, it's gone from this, this army to this kind of, it's, it's a private club. I mean, they, they literally call themselves the elite. They're like the, the, the elite lounge at the airport uh-huh. where it's, yeah. you know, and, and how did, how, how was, was, were you the only one sort of starting to notice that, or was it like Fale, no, Takahashi, no, I, some of the others? I I think I was the I was the last one. Oh really? I I was pretty much the last one because I was always in that mindset. Come on, guys, we're a team. Yep. We're all gonna let's do it together. Always trying to uh, play as a team. Mm-hmm. And I, I was the last one. I think I'm, I'm okay. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I was the last one. Did did anyone try and like clue you? Did like Fale ever be like, man, I don't know about no, this? No, no, they were, they did. They okay, would clue us in, but I, I was like, nah, man, let's just, you know, come on, it'll be mm-hmm. all right. You know, I'm not trying to go. I didn't want to think like that. Okay, I was I was always trying to stay the past, stay the course. We're a team. Let's keep moving. And I think I just kind of was, uh, what? How do you say? Um, it was. It's happening. Yeah, maybe, it, you're maybe. in the eye of the, the eye of the hurricane. You can't actually yeah. see what it, it feels calm. Yeah, and I mean, I maybe I just decided to block that out. That maybe mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't it. What was happening? And okay, you know, let me just let me see if I can still uh, keep things chill, calm. You know, maybe they got there's other plans that we don't know okay. about. Let's just keep you know keep the peace. And was was uh, that that when you started to kind of take that? 
that Carl Anderson role is when, when you're like, someone needs to keep the peace. Someone yeah. needs to keep yeah. these two, the right. schism from actually forming. And so right. it, you were, it was more of a, a peacekeeper role. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what you're trying to play between, play. between yeah. the bullet club and the elite. And yeah. so, but see, here's the thing. Okay. Here, here's, here's the thing that things were happening there. Guys were getting brought into bullet club without us even knowing or hearing about it. You know, okay. They, they, uh, guys from ROH, it, it, okay. it kind of, it kind of turned, there was just so much happening so fast in, in America. Mm-hmm. A bullet club was evolving quicker there than it was in Japan. So the bucks and them only came a few times. We were with Kenny all the time, Yeah, you know, out there in Japan, but the other guys were in ROH and they knew. Mm-hmm. They knew what was happening. They did their own thing. Once New Japan gave them the freedom to do what they want with Bullet Club, yeah. they kind of did. Yeah. I was gonna say because that's that's when you have the era where like in in ROH is where all of the Bullet Club, so to speak, story progression happens. That's where you have yeah. Adam Cole fighting with uh, yeah. Kenny Omega over who's the leader. That's where hell. That's where Cody gets brought in in the yeah. first place to Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? How how did was that? Did you feel like? Um, New Japan management was was happy with this because it's 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 creating brand awareness and so it's it it, it did did it really seem to phase them? I don't know. I think okay. they they just because everything was so new. Mm-hmm. They, they were kind of like, let's see what happens. Okay. You know, it's it, and and the way I took it was it's a foreign stable, so I mean, yeah, you know, it, it, they could they could let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's like a test. Test goes. So I'm in Japan with Kenny, Fale, Yujiro, and we're doing going at a pace of New Japan storyline telling, which mm-hmm. is slow and steady out yep. there. But in America was a whole different It's madness, yeah, because you got like yeah. you it, hangman page joins. It's there there I remember there was this this period where it felt like Bullet Club was forming its own little militia in America. And it was right. it was sort of um uh, it, it, it sort of felt like its own, I think that's when Bullet Club first starts to feel like its own separate thing outside of ROH, outside mm-hmm. of New Japan as this actual, as, as this brand and not just a faction. Did you, what, did, did, what, what, did, what did you think of that? How, how, how as a fan, as, as a journalist, wrestling journalist, what were you seeing? And was that, do you think that was, um, did it help Bullet Club? N- well, it de- it depends because, like, to me, to me, I was confused by by North American Bullet Club uh-huh. because at that time, it was it was a very how do I put this? It was a very politically charged time in America. Yeah, and you have this faction called Bullet Club introducing Hangman Page, liter- practically hanging people in the middle of their matches, and it just became this. It made you uncomfortable and and to a degree i was like well they're bad guys so it's supposed to make you uncomfortable but uh-huh. they weren't treated like bad guys in america they were treated yeah. as this cool insurgency and so it made me very wary for a, a long time in fact it it until until the firing squad i was very leery of of bullet club and what does bullet club stand for Right. Just because of the, me- the the mixed messaging you were getting between Japan and America, and the, the messaging right. in America was 
a little different. That's all. That's that's the best way to put it. And it didn't it that you could feel the the kind of idealistic clash already kind of forming. Um, But that was that was my, you know, that that was my personal look on it. It it did it did numbers. I mean, at that point when Bullet Club was in ROH, you can make the argument ROH was taking that second or third spot in North America simply because Mm -hmm. they had this juggernaut like Bullet Club. it really felt like Bullet Club was carrying two companies on their shoulders. How did it? How did it feel on the inside? Because this is this is me on the outside, just kind of watching, right. watching oh, yeah. this this thing become bigger than anything that it had it had either come before it or from anything yeah. that had spawned it. You know. Well, see, that's that's the you you hit it there. There was two mm-hmm. sides. We were about yeah. to clash. We could see the difference. Um, in Japan, we're this rogue faction that. Don't follow the rules, but mm-hmm. there was still this code. There yeah. was still this structure you fought, you did, but we, that we were still bad guys. And yes. and and in in uh, in America, it was a rogue faction, but they really it was almost like outlaws. Just mm-hmm. anything goes. And I realized. It was okay. I remember when Hangman brought in to start lynching people, and we're like, mm-hmm. "Well, yeah, I'm glad you because that was that was the because yeah. like when they first show up, it's guys like Jay Lethal, Colt Cabana. Yeah. There's a, yeah. a certain milieu that they're they're putting this rope around. But like yeah. when Hangman Page finally stopped using that, it made it it was again a thing that made me go, "Okay, I can I can breathe a little easier <laughs> about this product." Um, right. We 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 were we were kind of. I was like, okay, all right, yep. let's see what what happens, mm-hmm. and uh, let's see what's happened next. But then the whole they brought in Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian and and the, and the Bears, now great wrestlers. Yeah. They brought in a teddy bear or whatnot, and and I, and I was like, oh, it's almost like there's just no there's no laws, there's no rules. They they're mm-hmm. just they're playing with it now. They're just there's no and it, I think you you hit on the head when you said in Japan there was a code. Yeah. In Japan, it was in the Japan. It's the mafia. In America, it's a militia that's just here to burn everything down. You know, because that's yeah. that's what they kind of fe- they felt like we're here to take over ROH. We're here to take over New Japan. It was this mm-hmm. invading force. Whereas, as the original Bullet Club, I always felt was more mafia or IRA or like this kind of yeah. people's army. Yeah. Um, like when you we'll we'll get to it. But when you take it over, it it goes back to that people's army vibe <laughs> again. Yeah. Um, but but we're we're still talking Kenny. We're still talking yeah. the Bucks. And so right. now now that you start to realize that there is essentially two Bullet Clubs, mm-hmm. is your first is your first instinct that hey we need to unify, or is your first instinct well there might be money here? I I was just trying to keep the peace. Yeah, unify, and you know maybe I was looking to Kenny for leadership. Okay. I was looking for, to Kenny to to take that charge, um, and maybe that you know give us a direction to go. And it just wasn't coming mm-hmm. from him. He'd rather uh, give direction to to his boys, and that's I was trying to come on, Kenny. You know, there's, yeah. there's more of us. There's not just the Bucks, but then other guys are coming from ROH. And I could see now the divide, and the mm-hmm. guys, us guys out in Japan, were just kind of uh, chopped liver. Now, but had, it was a, 
I got to I got to ask, though, had Kenny and the Bucks always been that way? Because like they they've known each other since like 2008. They're, right. They are their own little click. Right. Were, were they always that? They, were they always that clicky before they took over? Or is it Kenny gets no. put in charge and they close ranks? They just closed yeah, ranks. Yeah. Okay. Once, once Kenny was put in charge, they they closed ranks. And, okay. and that's the that's when it happened. I it wasn't always like that. Mm-hmm. Before that, you know, Ken, there was. Ken they were just was te- cool. they were just the yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, there was a team the core, team. the core, the core. Got it. Right, right. Yeah. And then uh, once he took over, uh, you could see, you know, the doors closing, and mm-hmm. they were trying to create their own little uh, group. But I'm, I, I tried to be uh, in the middle and try to have an understanding yep. of what was happening, and I could understand that Kenny wanted to to build his own legacy his mm-hmm. own because we we built bullet club we brought yeah. him in but we were when we built bullet club we were thinking us as a as a foreigner group stable mm-hmm. we can all let's move on up but when kenny came he saw it from uh i would say legacy standpoint you know gotcha. what, and and he wanted to create his own thing now new japan wasn't letting that happen mm-hmm you know, I, I, you know, office or the, the bosses wasn't yep. letting that happen. So I think he just saw it as, all right, then I'll just start here. I'll do it with my own little, you know, my own goons and, and, and roll from there. So it was, and, it was, it was also, it wasn't just a response to Bullet Club. It was also, it was the, the office kind of driving him. Cause, cause, I, w- yeah. cause when he takes over Bullet Club, is he seen as the guy that's going to, you know, eventually go on to face Okada in a series? It, it wasn't that, was it that, plan already or was it just here's your new leader it's he we think he's gonna do some things here's your new leader okay we're, we're gonna push we look kenny's capable oh yeah no and that's yeah that's why i don't i don't want to make it about kenny's ability because kenny's amazing yeah. but yeah. Th- there is a difference between t- kenny omega taking over bullet club and the kenny omega that we kind of grow to know is like the Amer- the first um, north yeah. american face of new japan uh-huh. um and so was that that wasn't the intent. It was just to give Kenny and Bullet Club something to do, or was it was it to no, help in that expansion no. plan? It, it, it covered a lot of areas. I think okay. that uh, the expansion is part of it. Okay, uh, because they moved him straight from juniors to heavyweight. Mm-hmm. That just that like January that. 5th, that just like that. Yeah. yeah, just like that. And okay. so when it, when when drastic moves are are done like that, you know. Heavily, something's yeah. yeah okay no and that's that's why i wanted because because if kenny's already kind of starting to get the rocket tied to him they are they may not be fueling yet but they're yeah, they're building that rocket uh-huh. is is that's where the, the the peacekeeping thing comes or is it just kind of we got to keep this thing yeah, together no, it, it, it wasn't like i just like okay i gotta keep the peace it was just, yeah just a gradual I, yeah, gradual deal for me, and that—that's how I've always been. When Bullet Club started, was always mm-hmm. trying to keep the peace. Let's let's work together, and okay. we'll keep moving forward. So when the transition to Kenny happened, I was just keeping that same mentality, yeah. and I and, and moving forward and trying to keep, you know, not to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. What's what's yeah. the moment then that, that changes that? What what makes you go? I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna. They don't want to well, get along. No, it, it took it took time. It takes time yeah. for me. I can see things happen, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna make a move. I, I wait okay. until things build up and 
um, <laughs> it, it, it took me a couple of years to, okay. to really, you know, collecting and collecting before I turn around and go slapping somebody. You okay. Know? <laughs> but, gotcha. but, but I always try to, to keep the peace mm-hmm. until that, that line, you can't, you can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, obvious I, things I've been building from guys coming in, mm-hmm. the the angles that was done between Adam Cole and and also Cody Rhodes, who's the who's the leader. Yeah. Uh, and and I I thought to myself at the beginning of that. Now when Cody came in from WWE and they were, mm-hmm. I I just didn't know what the hype was. What was the what's the hype? Okay. What's and and to have that um the you know Bullet Club is fine. I, we kind of just sat back. We were at that point already that we just kind of sat back and watched what was happening and just okay. waited, waited for our time to make our uh, insert. Mm-hmm. It, everything already built up to that point. Um, but there were, you know, they they also had their super click. Mm-hmm. And the, they called it was Adam Cole. Yep, young Cole. Bucks. It was like literally the Young Bucks had a name for whoever they teamed with. With Kenny, yeah. they were the elite. With Adam Cole, yeah. they were the super click. With uh, yeah. Hangman Page, they were the Hung Bucks. They they had a name and a shirt for every yeah. trio, um, and, but it was I, always the Bucks. I, the Bucks are geniuses, man. Yeah. I, I I love you know the I think they're great family guys and they're smart in this business. They they always have this uh this uh what's it called? You know, they're killing the business. They're going mm-hmm. against the grain. Yeah, they they are a go against the grain kind of guys, and nobody's gonna tell them no. Nobody's gonna stop them from. Mm-hmm. From, from achieving and moving forward and i and i love that about mm-hmm. them and and the bucks i think they just were just i didn't the one that i look at mm-hmm. that that it was kenny because okay. he was the front man yep and and whatever he dictated he tried to i know it was him who wanted his own little little click mm-hmm. and and i and shit i can look at it like F that guy, or you can look at it, man. The guy wanted to build his own legacy. Who? Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to build my own legacy too. But so well, and because it, it's a, it's an interesting time because not only is Kenny building his legacy, but your brother is now joining yeah. the company. Tongaloa yeah. comes in in October of 2016, right as all of this is beginning. And so, I almost I almost feel like Kenny and the Elite open Bullet Club up to the point where there can be these subgroups because yeah. because once once the, the elite forms then all right well cool well now god has their thing and they have they have fale and they have uh right. Ujiro, and e- even even Ujiro and chase owens you would start to see these these kind of clicks within clicks start to form right. and so it all kind of it all kind of trickled do you think it all kind of just trickled down from the top because they had this click at the top yeah. everyone's starting to look out for themselves when before yeah. it was before it was yeah. very a team you called it you called yeah. it that's it they everybody started to look after themselves once that elite clique, mm-hmm. uh, elite uh, clique formed, and uh, I was still. That's how I think maybe blinded I was, or okay. or, or chose to be blind. What's the well, it's, it's you're you're now in a point where you've got some contract security, you've got literal family in there with you, and so it even if things aren't going perfect with bullet club things are going well enough with tama it sounds like that you can can make it work you know what i mean because you've got you've got these outlets even if even if kenny and the bucks are kind of putting their their foot on bullet club yeah yeah you can, yeah 
see, but I never looked at myself like that. I okay. never looked at I was well off. I was doing well. All I okay. thought about was, okay, we got a new squad. I and man, I feel kind of. Uh, <laughs> my focus was still on Bullet Club. My yeah. my focus was no, pure on Bullet Club and how yeah. to build that and how to move forward mm-hmm. uh, as as a group. Uh, and my brother coming, I just thought, all right, more guys mm-hmm. help the, the the cause. And do you, do you think that kind of because you're the one essentially keeping the Bullet Club brand alive? Because like the elite have their brand, and yes, it's right. tied to Bullet Club, but right. you're the one that's still repping Bullet Club. You're the one yeah. that's still this is a thing. We have to remember that the elite is yeah. part of a thing. And so do you yeah. do you think that's what kind of also helps wake you up is now now you're essentially leading bullet club while the elite claim to you know they're yeah, the right. they're the face and you're actually did you feel like you're actually you were actually starting to do the play that uh, michael jordan role so to speak <laughs> yeah maybe maybe you know um i i just it took me a very long time and i i, I feel like mm-hmm. when do we make that split from from uh we caused a definite split between Bullet Club when we jumped. It was it. That would have been 2018. Yep, 2018. 2018. So when the so the elite and them started in 2016, right? Yep. It was 60, two years. Two mm-hmm. years of that was just trying to keep things chill, and I didn't look at myself as the as a leader of of yeah. of, a, of a clique or a side. I was just trying to still promote the 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 club. Mm-hmm. on social media on whatever everything that i did wore bullet club everywhere mm-hmm. and and trying to push the brand I, it was a lot of uh fuckery going on in those two years okay <laughs> yeah, keep keep going like because you say fuckery that could mean anything what is what what was what were some of the things that maybe save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We did, the storylines like that we're talking about. The storylines yep. in ROH... The, the yep. chaos that was going on in Bullet Club, in and so America, it's 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 the membership thing. It's this idea yeah. that all of a sudden you don't you don't even know yeah. who's in Bullet Club because yeah. some one week <laughs> one week Kazarian's in it, and the next week it turns out Kazarian was just exactly. trying to yeah. get one over. Um, right. Yeah, and now you've now you've got a mascot in Barry the Business Bear that you never right. agreed to, and so you do you feel like did you did it kind of feel like this like. I don't want to call the elite a corporate entity, but this, this almost like it, it's this, it's a profiteering kind of thing where they came into oh, yeah. bullet club yep. and all of a sudden it's their thing. Cody Rhodes is wearing it oh, on his, yeah. uh, he's got, I remember he had contact lenses, I think at one point that had like the, the gun logo yeah. in it or something. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> did you, did, is, how, how, how did that, that kind of almost profiteering kind of great you guys, especially while Kenny's kind of yelling about changing the world and, and how yeah. he's going to, you know, bring, bring great change to new Japan. How, how yeah. were you, was that where you were kind of starting to, to, to sour? I, I think so. Just, just kind of this, we were losing grip, all that yep. doing those three years, we were losing grip on mm-hmm. uh, the direction we were heading. Okay. What, what Bullet Club was and w- what are we now? W- mm-hmm. What is it? And so 
um, our, our front man, Kenny Omega, uh, like living a double life inside kind of mm-hmm. the click and, and bullet club. It, it, it was almost like he had no choice because when he was with us in Japan, mm-hmm. he had to be with us. Yeah. You know, he didn't have his buddies there. So he was leading us through all these matches. He was, it was like a double life. Yeah. New Japan storyline. We were there. Right. Yeah. Throughout the whole tour. We're right. It, it, so it was confusing. Mm-hmm. Cause then, then you also have, you have like a ring of honors doing entire pay-per-views around Cody versus Kenny. Yeah. This, this giant feud that eventually is f- almost forced into new, like even as a fan, it felt like this was ROH being forced into the new Japan product when yeah. you had this Kenny versus Cody uh, yeah, and- ROH kind of transfer over. So did, but, but, did, that's what, but that's what ROH was making that money. They, yeah. were, they, they once they start selling Bullet Club merch, they were making a killing. Mm-hmm. And then so they were just going to follow them where the money was going, and yeah, the money but, was leading them. But did you did you kind of feel like the the money wasn't necessarily going? It wasn't as evenly distributed as it may oh. have been in the early days. Because like it it almost it almost feels like what Kenny and Cody and the Bucks and what just the Ring of Honor Bullet Club is is like a legitimized version of what you were doing when you're bootlegging T-shirts and it's sort of like <laughs> I'm making my I'm I'm just trying to do my own thing and then you eventually you got pulled in you had to be. Yeah. Right. reprimanded so, but these guys are kind of they're allowed to do it freely they're allowed to just what, just what, see, co-opt it and and they made their money the way yeah. the way they did it and um i don't think they made it off bullet club i think they made it off elite and okay. so this kind of this was a, just another way remember the problem was we weren't getting royalties okay we weren't getting royalties from bullet club merch mm-hmm. being sold new japan was yeah making a killing off that so that that takes me to this now okay now that's probably why kenny and them created the elite because now they own everything they they they're pushing their own Mm -hmm. stuff so that could i mean that can be my uh their my position to have an understanding for Mm -hmm. them and why they did what they did you know so geez we're coming to revelation on on a lot of these. I was, I was about to say this is this is a good episode. This is gonna be this is good listening. This is good talking, Tama. So when when you uh, when we when you when you take over Bullet Club, when you attack Kenny and the Bucks in San Francisco, what is what is the the kind of lead up to that? Where where do you really see the start of that? Of, of all of this stuff that's going on behind the scenes with Bullet Club, not really with this almost sort of civil war, what yeah. is it that finally pushes that onto the screen? Was it just the elite finally being something where you can take them off of your shoulders and stand slightly eye to eye? Or was it just, was it just the right time? Uh, I think it was just the right time. Okay. Yeah, it was just the right time. Everything had just been building and mm-hmm. that, that just built to, to the right time. Um, and I mean, you know, they had their, uh, all their contracts was coming to an end that mm-hmm. year, right? End of that year. So 2018 altogether was just, uh, I think, here's, here's what I think. Mm-hmm. I think New Japan and ROH saw 2018 as, oh, shoot, these guys might leave. Okay. These guys have made themselves huge on the Bullet Club back 
mm-hmm. while still creating their own deal, right? The elite, and now mm-hmm. they're gonna they might cash in at the end here and leave us a tra- stranded, mm-hmm. leave us in the same position like the first go around with Shinsuke and Carl Anderson and and, and, and now well and this time you could almost it it's it's a perfect parallel because when AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, and Shinsuke leave is the exact year they launched new japan world it's the first year that new japan is like we've got a streaming service we're ready yeah. to go i remember because I, I i i i subscribed in time for that wrestle kingdom and then uh-huh. then like the day after i subscribed it starts breaking oh yeah styles is gonna leave gallows is gonna leave anderson's gonna leave and so now 2018 you have the first real push of what will eventually become new japan of america of this western uh-huh. expansion omega and the bucks are central to that i mean so yeah. much of that is is built around the ROH um, New Japan relationship that it, it, it really is. They don't want to be in a position where they're without these guys. And obvi- obviously right. AEW's it's not even a, it's not even an idea yet. It's still kind of yeah off in the future. And so it, it just, it's literally you guys saying if we don't, their contracts could expire and we never get this storyline. And so now is, now is the time we have yeah. to, we have to do it while we're while we're waiting to, to find out what they're doing. Yeah, you see, what, what happened with both companies mm-hmm. is that they Bullet Club they just kind of let it wild wild west it, you know, mm-hmm. just send it. Let's see what happens. So ROH took it, ran with it, made a killing, mm-hmm. and 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 so everything just kind of got dispersed. And New Japan never had control, no, yeah. and no way of controlling of knowing how to control it. It's mm-hmm. You know, it's something they're coming. They're trying to come into a market, and they let they sent out Bullet Club as as a tester to to mm-hmm. run with things, and and they kind of turned around and bit them in the ass. Yeah. You know, well, it, well yes and no because well, it's, it's it got exposure. You know. Yeah. Well, and I because I I don't know if it, it if we've really seen it fully bite them in the it just it it I feel like it, there is this point where Bullet Club becomes but here's bigger the- than any company. Let's put it that but, way. But, right. But here's the thing. Here's why mm-hmm. I think it came back. Because they used, so Bucks and them were very smart. The elite yep. were very smart. They created a brand inside of a brand. And knowing that Kenny was the front man, mm-hmm. this is, they were going to push him. And so Kenny grew, Kenny and the Bucks grew the elite. They used Cody, came in. They, they had the perfect storm recipe, just adding it in. Mm-hmm. And once they got big enough using the, the, the Bullet Club platform, mm-hmm. right? They were gonna they were gonna jump. Mm-hmm. ROH banked too much money on them that they created storylines around them. So when they left, they fell flat on, on their face. Yeah. Right? New Japan, New Japan banked everything on, on Kenny, but then once they realized what they were doing, they started to pull back. Mm-hmm. They pulled back. And that's the cause, that's where 2018 was the cause of the split. Because if they had kept okay. feeding the machine, yep. I mean so yeah. so you know now now here's the thing here's yeah. what, I, what i mean it came back and bit them in the ass because now they built this monster aew yep that that yes. it they almost and the, the the new japan relationship with aew it's very it's like schrodinger's cat it exists when it exists and otherwise it's the for the forbidden door mm-hmm. um and so so i can see i can see what you're saying you feel like that what really bit them on the ass is now they don't know if they have if they should or not or if it's yeah. it just oh, yeah. the having having that other out there having that so they they helped build uh the elite mm-hmm. 
all right, enough to where they took when they left, the elite left, mm-hmm. viewership of New Japan product dipped a lot. Okay. And not only that, they created an American promotion mm-hmm. to take over TV, what they were trying to come over and do. Now yep. they run the market and they got I mean, New Japan, what are they doing in America now? <laughs> I know, mean we had Yeah. Barely not not what they were doing before. So now no. this is what you know, this is this is what happens. Okay. Ooh, does that make any sense? No, it makes total it makes total sense because I also want to bring up because 2018 is such a it's such a weird year for New Japan because you you have this start at the beginning of the year with the Golden Lovers reuniting, which is a whole other. I mean, how did it kind of feel to have all of this membership kind of confusion for years, and then 2018, all of a sudden, Kota Ibushi is now this star side character in whatever is going on with. Uh-huh. I mean, did that did that also was- kind of great a little bit now that now that. Nah. The tag yeah. team scene and okay, so you, so you didn't. Once once we split, I was just like, okay, now we were in control of what we were trying, the image that we were trying to push yeah. forward, and so the split. Well, all we wanted was just control of of what we were trying to do, mm-hmm. and and who we bring in, what what's our message, what uh, image we're trying to push forward. So after that split, we just concentrated on our group, what okay. we can do. And and the elite and all them with with Ibushi, I was happy for Ibushi to come into the company. I think he's a he's a phenomenal mm-hmm. talent, you know. And no, and that's because it was an interesting because you Ibushi didn't just deal with Omega. He had this interesting partnership with Chase Owens that kind of developed through him being mm-hmm. this this sort of Bullet Club adjacent uh, character. And yeah. so what? So when you when when you finally kick. Kenny and Cody and the elite to, to, to do their own thing. What is, how do I, how do I put this? Where, where do you see the team going from there? Because was it, was it very much now that the elite, because, because once you kick out the elite, that's when you start seeing stuff like all in pops up and yeah. the, the right, road once, to all elite once, wrestling starts. Yeah. What I, once we kicked them out, all was fine. Okay. I was like, okay. They, no, but what I'm what I'm trying to say is, was there ever any was when you start hearing whisperings of this thing that becomes all elite wrestling, even before uh, it's all, when it's just all in or it's just this nebulous talks that Cody and yeah. Kenny are having. What is the the feeling within in Bullet Club? Is it is is there any talk of Bullet Club going to all elite, or is it just them saying, no, no, now that the elite's gone, we got to focus on New Japan, we got to focus on where we came from. Yeah. No. The the attention was coming back to okay. new japan that was that was the 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 uh the thing then mm-hmm. because now because what when the elite came up their mm-hmm. storylines just kind of was within themselves yep that, yeah because it know. was it was always those it was it was kenny cody sometimes the bucks it, yeah. and usually it was about where their loyalties would lie yeah. but it even got to the point where they were having a triple threat match for the iwgp championship yeah Right. Where like did you just did you did you start to feel like maybe the elite were were trying to Americanize New Japan too much or was it? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it it there's yeah yeah that's that's definitely it. And but was it was it just you that or was it did you did others in New Japan or just others in Bullet Club start to realize like this isn't this is because like you would have you brought up through the dojo this you are I think that you was are, a whole. Yeah. It was it was like the whole group was just sort of like, that what the hell group. is this? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, when we started to see that, you could tell there was uh, 
uneasiness in the, mm. behind the scenes about the product, the New Japan product, and it was uh, our identity mm -hmm. um, was starting to be very uh, similar to an American uh, mm. identity, and and if you feel that, see, the fight between Bullet Club wasn't just there was a bigger uh, picture there mm -hmm. because Bullet Club was helping put things in line for just for New Japan altogether. It was yeah. the good guys versus the bad guys, and and the bad guys were Bullet Club, and the good guys were the New Japan team. Mm -hmm. So there was a straight path we were doing and we we're building on, yeah. and. But once the elite start happening thing, it was just the storylines, everything kind of concentrated inside elite. And it kind of left, what, what was the deal with our Bullet Club? Uh, not, mm -hmm. I mean, not Bullet Club, New Japan, good guys, you know? Yeah, well, and it, it, yeah, cause it, it's not just Bullet Club that suffers when you have Kenny and Cody and, and Coda yeah. and all of those guys dominating. LIJ is all of a sudden not as in as many main events. Right. Chaos is all of a sudden not mm -hmm. as, it, it, it ripples across to all of the did did that kind so that you're saying that kind of united the other factions as well where it's sort of like they start to realize like we need to it, we need to retain our identity because this is this is why i'll always refer to firing squad as like the people's army you literally saw these profiteers building something yeah. mm -hmm. for themselves like not even yeah. for bullet club not for new yeah. japan for right. them yeah and so you you kind of come in there like like Che Guevara, like uh, any of the uh, any of the kind of famous leaders and Michael Collins, any of those famous leaders that came in and kind of toppled an an empire. In this case, a wannabe empire. They wanted mm -hmm. to build uh, that thing, and so right. How? Well, see, but that's okay. that's that's uh, the mindset of New Japan. Sorry to cut mm -hmm. you off. I'm no, no, back. absolutely. Uh, the the mindset of New Japan is all of us together. Mm -hmm. as a whole and and we're working together to move our product up our yeah. guys up everybody it's a it's a team thing so do you think do you think that what started with bullet club because you've even said this in some of our happy hour chats but with when bullet club starts they start as us not me yeah. in a time when new japan doesn't really have factions they'll have some tag teams yeah but they don't have it's all me 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 yeah and so when Bullet Club has to then fight for that identity, fight for yeah. the idea that they are us, not me, and they, yeah. have, to, they have to kind of banish the elite, uh -huh. does, is, does that, is that what kind of makes all of these, these factions that popped up after Bullet Club also start to take that, that mindset? Is that, do you think that's what kind of made New Japan realize if we're going to... If we're going to survive, we can't rely on guys like Kenny Omega. We have to rely on us. We have to yeah. rely on New Japan. Um, yeah. See, now I always believed that Bullet Club was setting the, the, the example mm -hmm. and moving forward. Um, I, I don't think a lot of people saw that until the whole split between okay. us and and then we were bringing attention back to New Japan while the other group kept it to themselves so now they could see what we were trying to do they could see mm -hmm. there is two teams inside bullet club there's the elite and there's yep. bullet club and uh, when i say they i'm talking about the, the company and everybody yep. and uh yeah so where were we where were we? <laughs> we were we were literally we were talking about the uh we were talking about you guys kicking out the elite and bullet club kind of refocusing on itself i don't want to get too deep into the refocus because i feel like that 
bleeds right into Jay White and Gato and that mm-hmm. that the Switchblade era starting up. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, what I what I really want to talk about is: Do you think how how do I put this? Do you, do you think that Bullet Club kind of getting rid of the elite is is the way that uh, New Japan focuses on? a team mindset do you do you think it kind of levels that that top because like the best way to put it when bullet club wins the heavyweight title a lot of other guys win gold when chaos wins the heavyweight title a lot of guys win gold and so it it feels like the definition of success has changed in new japan over the past few years it feels like it has become less about that top spot and more about the top team being on in in a way UFC is like that you want to be in the best fight camp you want to be in the best team uh soccer basketball they're all these Mm -hmm. team sports do you think do you think that New Japan could someday become like a team sport could become yeah I I mean you hear me talking about it on the the happy hours you it's already I I believe that I think that and it's changing it's going to change wrestling all all around Mm -hmm. because I think it'll evolve it's more relatable mm-hmm. to people. It's a together thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, team thing. And I, I've been preaching that on the happy hours, mm-hmm. you know, the team sports, you know, it brings everybody together. I, well, I you, feel. You're seeing a real thirst for team sports now in, in like the way, the way the pandemic has kind of hit the world. They want to, they want that communal feeling again. Wrestling has mm-hmm. tried to provide it and in some cases has, but people want MLB, they want NBA, they want, mm-hmm. they want those groups. And like, do, yeah. you, do you think that wrestling, if, if you took a, a group like New Japan or like Stardom where it's already so many teams, even the mm-hmm. people not on a team or on their own kind of team, do you think, mm-hmm. you think wrestling could fill that, that space in, in 2020 and beyond where it becomes a team sport, where it becomes- Oh yeah. I think something so. bigger. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I believe that, and uh, I think we're on our way. And no. uh, yeah, but and that's ca- yeah, yeah. And then and then I just I want to tie a bow on the elite era because uh, yeah. like, do you feel like do you feel like there's there's still do you feel like there's money in in God in in all elite wrestling? Do you think like do you think there is a way that that relationship could someday work? Oh yeah, even if 100%. it's yeah, yeah, if it's yeah, just yeah. God and AEW or even New Japan and AEW, do you feel like that that bridge is somehow that that bridge can be rebuilt if or when? I, I think the sooner the better because okay. the longer we we get away from it, um, it it'll start to wither away the the mm-hmm. need for it. I think so as as time stretches because everybody wanted the whole the civil mm-hmm. war at the very beginning but now it's time we're now what two years after that it's been yeah it's it's been two years yeah. the next month i believe yeah and and we didn't really do any kind of close-offs or or big mm-hmm. build-up to it the build-up was that so now we're just kind of descending you know okay um, so uh, is there a time yes but it but it's gotta to be it's, it's it has to happen soon. now well, yeah, I, cause I feel like so many people have have wanted that, like a fan, from a fan perspective, AEW and New Japan feel like they should get along, you know, better than it, it feels like they are. But it also, I understand you've always said that they want to make sure AEW is going to last. They don't want this to be a situation where 
they're carrying AEW. They want it to establish itself like a CMLL where right, right. it has. We, we want to know what they're all about. Yeah. And, and, but that's, if you, okay, now I'm going to say this and I hope it doesn't take, get taken the wrong way. Okay. So you, we've been talking about elite. It was all about themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Excuse me. Yep. Do you think now as a company, do you think they're still like that? If they were that in the past to grow them to what they are now. It does. I, as a fan, as a casual observer of AEW, it does feel that there it's, it's still Cody, Kenny and the bucks and everyone else. Right. Cause like even, even Cody's open challenge feels very, I don't know how to put it. It feels very Cody. Every yeah. match he gets the big and he gets a WrestleMania entrance. He fights someone for 10, 15 minutes. And then yeah. they go do pyro when they shake their hands. Like it's very grandiose. And it's just, it, it, it's, it feels like it separates Cody from everyone else, but and not in a way of like, they're making a star in a way of like, he, he needs to be set. He needs to be treated differently. Yeah. That's how it feels. Yeah. I see that's, but that's what I saw when they were building the whole elite. It was just them. And, mm-hmm. and they, you know, I see that this is them as a company okay. and I don't see them. If they want to build stars, do they know how to build stars? Do they I, do they understand that? Because we we built we built stars. Bullet Club mm-hmm. has built stars. We have I, built. I was gonna say in the time and since 2018, Jay White instant star since because yeah. like, he, he debuts in 2018 and now he is one of the the pillars of the main event scene. Same with um, trying to think of other big debuts from around that time, but it it just it it does but, feel like. But let me take you out of this though. What yeah. I mean, stars would build. Do they know how to build? Like Bullet Club knows how to build another faction, mm-hmm. build baby faces, mm-hmm. build a team other than ourselves, our opponents. We know how to build. Mm-hmm. We, we've done it. We're now seven year running, and we've been doing it since since the jump. We know how. Do they know how to do that? Okay. See, that's. Do you understand? I'm. I'm getting. No, I get it. On it. No, and I, I get exactly because it, it does go back to your your original point of how New Japan, when they make these partnerships, they want to make sure it's going to be something that lasts. Because like CMLL yeah. is the oldest wrestling company in the yeah. world. It's not just yeah. you know a. Right. It's not just the WWE of Mexico. It is yeah. older than than the history of wrestling. Right. Um. And AEW, no matter how good they have done, are not bigger than wrestling. They're not. You know. Right. They are just a wrestling company. Yeah. Um. And so. It I can understand why, and especially with the history that you know of the way they left, why they would be. We need to make sh- we need to know something is different. We need right. to know something has changed since the the us us versus everyone else days of twenty right. of the elite era. Because yeah. that's what it that's what it really sounds. Like. It really does sound like from the jump it was Kenny and uh, Kenny. Even when you didn't know, even yeah. when everyone was playing nice. It was still Kenny and the Bucks versus everyone. It was Kenny and the Bucks versus the world. Yeah. They didn't want to change the world. They wanted to beat it. Right. Um, and so, and, and you guys kind of, I feel like in 2018, you guys bring everyone back down to earth and remind them that, <laughs> Hey, we've been, <laughs> we've been here longer than you guys have. We, <laughs> we came through this. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it was a learning period. So I can't mm-hmm. knock the, the elite era. And, yeah. and you, I always give props, and I've given the the, the Bucks props yeah. for it. Um, uh, you know what they've built and and what they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, and and I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like you know this is some some uh, cocky thing. Like I really do feel like it's it's you reminding them that the world exists. You know what I mean? Because you can yeah. you can get in that bubble, yeah. but like when you attack Cody and Kenny, you attack with your dad. You're reminding yeah. Cody Rhodes. You oh, may yeah. have a legacy, but you're not the only legacy in wrestling. Like there are right. there are plenty oh, yeah. of people who, you know, ha, who who come from families like he does. Right, and and I think it was so, um, man, it was my, me, my brother, and my dad, mm -hmm. and you saw the whole elite faction get toppled over, and yeah. and I felt like that was a, uh, that was a message to anybody who was listening, you know that. That was a message. Mm -hmm. and no, hey, I noticed it. Like I said, up until up until y'all take it over, I'm clutching my pearls, going, "What does this stand for?" And you guys are like, "This stands for us, for yeah. like not not some profiteering version of us, us." <laughs> now the way the elite did their thing, yep, and they just believed in their way. Do they see mm -hmm. that is wrong? I don't know. Probably not, and that's okay. Yep. No, it, what I what I saw. Um, that their way was, uh, I didn't see longevity. Yeah, no, and that's that's why I, I, I sort of use that term profiteer because like ref, wrestling will always be about making that money. Yeah, but it's how you make that money that's important. Yes. And if you're if you're if you're making it on the back of someone else, you either need to compensate them or you yeah. need to get the hell off their back. There's got to be a balance. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Deep. Balance. Deep. Damn. Balance. Wow. <laughs> well, that that I mean I feel like that balance is re restored. That's that's where we're at. We're, we're restoring the balance with, uh, with this talk about the elite. I feel so too. I feel so too. <laughs> well, well, shoot, Ross, man, that was a nice uh, cut into the elite and a little mm -hmm. deep talk, deep dive here. Thank you very much. We'll cut it right here, everyone. Thank you for joining us here on this episode on Thomas Island. The elite era. What a time. What a time of growth. What a time of change. Mm -hmm. Not only uh, with myself, but wrestling and everyone that's involved with wrestling. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Ain't nobody really than Gorilla. Ain't nobody really than Gorilla. I said, Ain't nobody really than Gorilla. Ain't nobody really than Gorilla. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.